This is the Nordic Animism channel, and uh, my name is Rune Jane Rasmussen, I'm a historian of religion, and here's a video about an incredibly old and I think important symbol in Northern Europe. It is a symbol that's sometimes called the Sun Cross, or Sun and Kreuz, Wheel Cross, or Rad Kreuz, or something like that. And I'll suggest that the most common interpretation of this symbol as a symbol of the Sun is not quite to the point might be an aspect of uh, what the symbol means, um, because uh, symbols have many meanings. However, based on both my own comparative observations, looking at what other cultures uh, say about the same symbol, and also based on uh, a leading scholar on, on the Bronze Age iconography uh, dealing with this, I'm going to make the point that I think that the main charge of the symbol is that it is really a cosmogram and that that might tell us something about the ritual functions that this symbol has had. Right, uh, some years ago I found this stone here among some net sinker stones that were lying around in my, my parents yard uh, as just as an adornment or something like that. Now net sinkers, they are uh, stones or pieces of concrete with an indentment on it so it can be tied to a fishing net and that will make the net sink, right? net sinker. And this one uh, caught my eye, first because it's made out of natural stone, not the concrete like the other net, net sinkers there, and second because it has two indentments on it that are crossing here, not just one. Uh, and these indentments, they don't seem deep enough to really be able to keep a net tight. Uh, and somewhere from the back of my mind, I also remember seeing images such as this, a somewhat bigger stone, but still you have the feeling of this sort of um, uh, uh, transportable rock carving, uh, kind of, in, in an actual prehistoric find. Um, so I contacted some archaeologists and, and said, like, guys, uh, I think I have found a Bronze Age rock carving here. And, I mean, that would have been quite sensational. Uh, and they said, no, dude, you haven't found any Bronze Age rock carving. That's just a net sinker. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm keeping a, a little bit of uh, I'm keeping a little bit of my doubt uh, that perhaps they are wrong and uh, that they maybe they didn't look properly at the image or that I sent them or something because um, um, yeah, I totally love this symbol by the way. <laughs> and um, there's one guy in that has written about the symbol in uh, in the Nordic context context and that's a Danish archaeologist called Fleming Kaul. Uh, he's also a main scholar on uh, Nordic Bronze Age uh, religion, where the, this symbol occurs quite a lot. And uh, he sees this not only, not exclusively, ex exclusively and not primarily as an image of the sun, but as a cosmogram that shows a reality where the sun is traveling along the outer circle here. And uh, it's quite remarkable, actually, that without referring to other cultures, at least from what I've read here, the, the Cowell hypothesizes ideas that are very close to what specific other cultures think about this symbol. Um, and I, I, from one perspective, that might just mean that uh, you know, uh, the symbol is so basic that people tend to think about it in the same ways. You know, if, if you compare these two 
versions of the symbol, then uh, one is an American, Native American petroglyph from New Mexico, and the other one is a petroglyph from um, uh, Denmark. And as you'll see, the, the similarity is quite striking, right? Uh, but this doesn't mean that there has to be an influence or contact between these two groups of people. Uh, it just means that people are people. And some symbols are just very evidently something. A little bit like a stick can represent a phallus, right? You're probably not going to find humans that aren't able to make that association. Some things are somehow very evident or associatively easy to come by, right? Um, so Fleming Cowell here, he uses this symbol as a template into which he writes a lot of other Bronze Age iconography, and thereby he builds uh, his idea of Bronze Age mythology, uh, where different ships and different animals are transporting the sun over the sky during date, the daytime and under the horizon during nighttime. It's a quite elaborate argumentation, and uh, I have uh, my doubts about the, some some of the details of the whole uh, whole thing, totality. Um, but I think that Carl is uh, totally right about his main idea, which is that this is a, a cosmogram where the sun is going around rather than it being an image of the sun, uh, which is what a lot of people tend to think that is an image of the sun. And I'm not sure why. I think it might be just because they hear that it's called a sun wheel or a sun cross, and then they think, okay, so it means the sun. Uh, but the... Um, Cosmogram analysis of the symbol makes a lot of pieces fall into place, both when you look at it in a comparative alignment with how other people uh, use almost identical symbolisms, and I'm going to mention some African usages here, but also if you think of the, the later uh, idea of the Yggdrasilba, much, much, much later, uh, which can very easily be in, inscribed in this symbol. Um, the uh, Icelandic author Snorri Sturluson, he writes that the world tree is supported by three roots. One is with the Aesir, the gods, uh, and under it is Urt's well, the well of the Norns, which is guarded by the Norns. One is with the Hrimthursa, the frost trolls, and there Mimir's well is where the Allfather bought wisdom for his eye, uh, and one goes to Nilheim, where the dragon Nilhook is, is chewing on it. So, uh, yeah, I made this drawing here of the um, Uttersil into this shape when I was a youngster. I was just trying to visualize the whole thing. And, and uh, yeah, today I'm, I'm still using this Yggdrasil-inspired version of this as an, I think, appropriate symbol for Nordic animism the attempt to re-engage rejected animist knowledge of the world as a tree, as an interconnected, organic web of wider bonds of kinship between humans and their um, ecosphere. Uh, and I actually think that, that all the stuff that's going on in the center of the symbol is quite important, the cross here. Uh, and I think that Fleming Cowell, he could have focused a bit more on that, um, and if he had had a comparative aspect, uh, perspective uh, with what other cultures think with the symbol, then he could have drawn uh, inspiration, I think, to, to uh, think along, this uh, along these lines. In uh, Carlos' narrative, the lines uh, in the cross, they're just connectors between uh, midday and midnight and sunrise and sunset. Uh, and that's good. I, I think it's correct. Uh, but I just think uh, there's more to be said. 
Um, because the thing is that uh, this whole scheme is very similar to what you find among specific African and Afro-descendant uh, usages of the same or very, very similar symbol, right? Uh, and, and it's funny because you often hear you often hear scholars perhaps scoffing a little bit at this guy, Fleming Cowell. Uh, uh, perhaps they're accusing him of being a little bit speculative and so on. Uh, but I actually think that it's uh, remarkable that there are actually cultures who understand this symbol in, in ways that are strikingly similar to the way that Cowell suggests. And I think it this indicates that his overall idea is pretty pretty spot on, I think. Now, Cowell doesn't refer uh, to these African meanings, and he might not even be aware, uh, but uh, this exact symbol has um, uh, very similar meanings in religion from West uh, Central Africa. Uh, and uh, in this place, it's not an image of the sun, but of the cosmos. And I think that we can learn a lot from looking at the role that this, this symbol plays for these people. Uh, among the Bakongo, uh, this kind of symbol is sometimes called the Dikenga or the Tendwansa or the Yowa, and uh, it shows the turning of the day and of the human life. And the, this part below, here below the line is the night, the other world, the world of the dead, and it, it images, uh, or therefore, also everlasting cyclicity. And the horizontal line that divides the, the world of the living from the other, other world of the dead, that is the Kalunga, the, 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 the world of, of the dead, sometimes uh, below the sea. Uh, and the vertical line is a line of power that connects the above and the below. And this is where shamans travel through death to the other world, like Odin's self-hanging, where he's riding the world tree. Yggdrasil means Odin's uh, stallion, Odin's horse. So... Uh, you see the, the, the cross is actually really important. The crossroads of reality, the meeting of di dimensions, where God and man converge, converge into one single point. And that is the, a source of power and dynamism, and is that point through which gods also travel to come to our world. So this cross is often used in, in graphic invocations of gods. Uh, the, the, the cross between life and death, that is the point where uh, God's descent. So placing yourself at that cross, or at that point, is a powerful ritual gesture. So the Bakongo and their American descendants, uh, they, they use this symbol uh, to outline meeting of, uh, between our world and that of the spirits uh, in ritual settings. They use it in ritual settings. For instance, they, they draw it on the ground as a way of marking a specific ritual space. Um, one example of how uh, this is used is the Haitian voodoo religion, where the center pillar, the potomitan, uh, typically stands in the, in the middle of the veve, which is a graphic invocation, a symbol of Legba, the trickster, that opens the doors between worlds. And his symbol is the cross. So the, center, the, the cross is on the ground and the center pillar, uh, through which the Loa, the voodoo gods, arrive to participate, uh, to possess the participants, that hits the, the center point of the cross. And guess what? You, know, you find these symbols uh, in Scandinavia often marked on the ground, on rock sites and so on. And, uh, and I can't help thinking that they must have had a ritual function, that perhaps a ritual were performed on that, that symbol. Um, you also find them in other ways. Sometimes there are people holding them, and there's one 
particular nice object where the symbol is made in amber, so it's a sun holder. It's the sun is shining through the amber and actually making the uh, making the the symbol. Uh, but as I've also said before, symbols can have many meanings, and I don't pretend here to exhaust this symbol as deep and rich as this one. But I just want at least to suggest that in a sense the uh, the axis uh, that the world turns around, uh, that this axis mundi reading of the symbol makes sense. Uh, and therefore also uh, association with the world tree and, and other such idea of the axis. Like as suggested by uh, the Swedish scholar Andreas Norberg, the Mundilfari, the father of the sun and the moon, can perhaps be understood as a wheel hub or axle, that is the core of the turning of time, and that the world is turning around, and uh, that it, th this is also this convergence of, um, of dimensions. And Carl, he makes us aware that there are also a number of archaeological finds where wheels, actual wheels, uh, or symbolic wheels, has exactly four spokes. So the idea of the cosmos as a wheel turning around an axis or an axle must be somewhere uh, associ in association with the symbol with four spokes. Um, so, and and the, the, uh, particularly also, I think, the image of of the tree and an organic growing being uh, that reaches out uh, in the world and reaches both into the sky but also into the ground. Uh, again, it, it is a kind of a cross point of realities. And uh, the tree, uh, by the way, is, is a very, very important image in, in general in Nordic animism, an image that runs through many aspects of culture. You find creation myths where humans are created from tree trunks. You find skaldic metaphors of humans as tree trees. A man can be called a tree, metaphorically. You find persistent culture of carrying branches and placing them inside farmsteads, folds, fields, uh, houses for protection and empowerment, um, and uh, or carrying branches in processions uh, at specific times of year, of course. Uh, you find sacred trees and houses, farmsteads, and even in the mid-center of villages. Runes have metaphorically been understood as staffs or trees. Uh, particularly in the Anglo-Saxon tradition, you, uh, you see this aspect emphasized, where a lot of the runes have names after trees. So you have this ash and oak and thorn and, uh, as names of runes. You also see staffs as magic implements, primarily the Staff that is probably a shamanic tool uh, related to the sailor. So the, the image of a tree as this iconic other than human or connection to the other than human, therefore an icon of, of animism, is I think very meaningful when you talk about Nordic animism. Uh, and I have another video, by the way, that talks about some other iconography of the Yggdrasil as an icon of, of animist cosmology. And uh, yeah, I always like to play with these ancient symbols and, and try to see how we can reinvent them into our own age. So uh, the uh, awesome graphic designer, Eva Nilsson, who uh, made the Nordic animism symbol here, has also been playing around with it a little bit more and been trying to make something a little bit cool and funky with this very ancient symbol. Um, and now we're using it as a, as a design that encapsulates uh, some of what we are thinking with Nordic animism today, uh, the living world of rea relation, respecting the living world, you know. And, uh, but of course, that, that doesn't mean that we think that Bronze Age people believed in eco-social justice. We believe in that, but uh, it's very much a contemporary idea. 
Uh, but it's an idea that springs from the idea of an interconnected living world uh, of mutual responsibility with different beings in this world. So it's a contemporary statement into contemporary contexts, but spoken from uh, an understanding of this animus reality that this symbol has probably always represented somehow. So yeah, now you can buy a sticker, for instance, if you want, <laughs> with this most funky and cool version of the ancient rock carving symbol. <laughs> and uh, you can check it out in the um, shop on the Nordic Animism homepage. You can uh, put the symbol on, uh, on your phone, uh, or uh, you can uh, put it on a car, or um, on your bike, or perhaps on your computer. <laughs> and um, yeah, I even made a street art stencil that is available through the Nordic Animism Patreon page, so you can make a stencil. It just requires a sharp knife and a little bit of patience. Uh, but then you can, uh, uh, in, in the most contemporary, funky way, put this most ancient symbol on uh, a wall in your house or something like that, if you want that. Great. Thanks. That was a little bit about an, an ancient symbol that we are, we're, we're trying to make, make new again or renew into our time. Thank you very much and see you around. Thank you.